All right. Um, hey, folks. So today I want to talk about um, my diets and essentially where I'm at now in the whole dieting process. And I feel like I'm at a pretty good equilibrium now that I, I look good. You know, I look good with my top off. Um, and I don't have to stress about my diet ever, really, which is a nice feeling. I seem to have hit upon a good stride now where over the last probably four years, everything is pretty much worked out. I don't count my calories. I don't stress about what I eat. I'm able to maintain a good body composition effortlessly. I'm able to gain weight when I want, lose weight when I want. And I've reached that sort of Zen status of like being a, being a, a diet sort of guru, as it were, of my own diet. I'm not saying I'm a guru of everyone's diet, but I kind of want to just share what's been working for me. So that's, that's all I try and do. So, um, We'll talk, I want to talk through a few notes I've got written down in terms of some important strands of my diet in terms of the mental approach, but also what I actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. I see now I, I just, I find diet effortless, you know, it gives me the energy to, to train, to stay lean, and it's, it's all very easy. And I need that because I've been, I'm busy with my business and all the social media work you have to do and client work and everything. So I can't really afford to be um, taking my phone out five times a day and tracking my food or all that kind of stuff. So right now I'm at peace with kind of where I'm at and I'm still able to like perform really well and all that stuff. So it's, um, it's a good feeling. I feel that I'm at the point where I could probably prep for a bodybuilding show with a standard, you know, four month prep pretty easily. Um, and that would just involve tightening the reins a little bit. But right now on average, I feel like, you know, I've got a good look for a year round. So it's, it's pretty good. It's a good feeling. All right, so the first thing um, I guess I want to say is kind of related to my bodybuilding show that I did in 2018. That was very much a deadline, okay? It was a deadline. It was a time set. And I think the time can cause some stress. So one of the things that I sort of deal with with clients is they'll often come to me and say, look, I, I've got a deadline, you know, 12 week, 16 week. Um, I've got a wedding to go to, uh, to attend, you know, going to be married, got a holiday to go to, and all that's fine. But the problem is <laughs> they're coming to you at the beginning of what they feel is going to be that prep. So they've they've known they're going to go on holiday for, you know, six months. They know they're going to be married for a year, two years. But they come to you 12 weeks directly prior to that. And I think that imposes quite a lot of stress on the body because you've got a very tight deadline to get things done. And there's a certain sort of frantic energy, which can be quite draining. Because every second of the day, you sort of feel that. And I felt that somewhat with my bodybuilding show. And I felt that towards the end, there was a lot of stress. Um, just looking back, I think there was quite a lot of stress, which then probably translated into just physical stress and holding water and all that kind of stuff, which can mess with your head a little bit. can also downregulate your activity levels, which can be quite stressful. So as you, you end up having to do a lot more cardio and whatnot. So... Yeah, I think initially, one of the things which I think is useful is just not having a deadline on your goals. And this sort of relates to one of the things which I've taken a, a turn on with clients over the years, which is to, when I set goals nowadays, they're more like, they're more likely going to be process goals. So look, rather than saying, I want us to lose weight at a certain rate per week, I mean, I do provide that information just because people get curious about what they should be doing. I'm rather more focused on the process it takes to get there. So if, for example, this week you're going to eat, you know, 
three square meals a day on average. You can have a fistful of protein with every meal. You can have a couple of fistfuls of vegetables with every meal or fruits. That's more of a process goal. It's something which is much more in your control. It's in your, you know, your grasp. Telling someone, look, you've got to lose one or two pounds per week. It's, it's kind of like saying to them, look, I'll, yeah, go drive to Scotland, but you don't have a map. You know, I'd rather give somebody the map and say, hey, here's the route to Scotland. I'll see you there. And I think that's the same when you're looking at diet. So it blends into that. Rather than being focused on the process, focus, rather than being focused on the goal, focus on the destination, and focus on the time limit you've got to get there, focus on the process. I mean, you just go back to the, the driving analogy. If you say to someone, look, you've got to get to Scotland in, in you know, six hours, good luck. That's certainly going to set a sense of panic onto them, a set of um, frantic energy. But in terms of actual direction, well, it's a bit of a crapshoot, isn't it? You know? If you say to them, look, here's a map, here's the directions to get there. And then maybe maybe adding at the end, look, you could probably make it in six or eight hours. Then that's a much better way of doing things. So it's the same with diet. I think focusing on the process tends to help a lot. And what I do nowadays, I probably lean into that a lot more just because it gives people the support they need. If you think about it, on a day-to-day basis, people are looking for support when they come to you. And even, you know, I mean, obviously I'm speaking as a coach, but for you guys at home and for me too, I like to be, I like the comfort of knowing what I can do on a day-to-day basis, like what I can have for breakfast, right down to the, not only the macros, but right down to the actual food types and things like that. That's really helpful. People used to think that of that as restrictive. Go, oh, well, you don't want to tell people, you know, how to eat, just give them the macros and they can be flexible. And sure, that's, you know, it's, it has a reasonable um, draw to it. But I, as I'll cover later on, I think flexibility to go off plan is good. I'm not sure I agree with the idea of just being flexible all the freaking time because it's a lot of mental energy. Like, okay, what am I going to have for breakfast? Right, let me figure this out, figure out how to fit my macros, figure out how to fit my calories. And you're doing that every single meal. For a lot of people tend to be doing that every meal because they have this sort of warped view on what macro and calorie counting is. I feel like you should be a lot more prescriptive about what you eat on a day-to-day basis. And the flexibility can come as and when you need it, usually tied to social occasions. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Not having a deadline has helped me. Just settling into a way of eating. Basically being at peace with this is how you're going to eat for life. I think that's kind of the second point rather than sort of having a deadline and saying, okay, I'm going to eat in this specific way for this result. Because oftentimes that can come with slightly short-term processes. You know, I think if you're saying to yourself, look, I've got to go balls to the wall for 12 weeks or six weeks, then naturally you're going to want to push the boat out a little bit. So it's not going to be something inherently you're going to sustain for life because you, you know it's just going to be a six to 12-week change. I think that's where people have a lot of issues with rebounding. So one of the things that's helped me, aside from the initial no deadline, is being at peace with how you eat for life. Like, okay, finding something that is going to be your way of eating for life. And just firstly, being at peace with it. I think um, one of the things I um, pointed out recently on my YouTube was uh, a conversation I had with, a, with, a, with an old friend. And she was saying she can't wait till the diet's over so she can eat all the stuff that she misses. <laughs> and I just knew that, that was going to fail. And um, it did, you know. She's somebody who's been a yo-yo diet for 20 years. And I've tried to explain to her, you know, what's going on. But she doesn't really. She has a lot of ideas about how she feels diet should go or her diet should be. 
which are at odds with the results she gets. Essentially, she has a view of how she should eat, which is given her all the wrong results in the past and she's been unsatisfied and unhappy with, but she continues to want to eat like that. So she ends up in this area where she's constantly yo-yo dieting up and down, which is a shame. And I've tried to sort of talk her out of it, but there you go. So I think the first thing is you've got to be at peace with how you eat for life. So if you've been dieting and you've cut out the majority of, you know, cakes and snacks and stuff, it's probably not going to be in your future to carry on eating those on a daily basis. And I think that's where people struggle because they have this addiction to saying, okay, the diet is going to be temporary. I'm going to just cut back on this just so I can get in shape for the beach. And then when I'm there, when I've got into shape, I'll be able to maintain it. I actually have a, a client who's, um, who's struggling with this at the moment. And his whole sort of idea is similar to this lady actually is um, that he has an idea of how he'd like to eat when he's at maintenance. So he's going to just diet down until he hits maintenance. And then all of a sudden he's going to be able to maintain that effortlessly. And I've said to him, you know, there are going to be certain changes you need to make to be able to do that. And part of that is perhaps having some maintenance weeks and giving your body a chance to see what it's like to eat at maintenance because he's never really done that before. Um, sadly, I, I think with him, it's probably not going to work out, but in any case, I think second point is you've got to be at peace with how you eat for life. And the third thing is, I think you've got to find a system that works for you. So there are a ton of different diets, okay, going from, you know, low fat to low carb to carnivore to, you know, keto to God knows what else, vegan, vegetarian, all that stuff. Now, what I find is true in all of these is they usually inform, they, they usually enforce some sort of dietary control, whether that's directly through sort of counting your calories or whether it's um, restricting certain food groups, focusing on whole foods, um, focusing on certain macros, avoiding certain macros. But they all enforce some sort of dietary discipline, right? Which is what you need. So my issue with, with people on social media who consistently put down dietary approaches is that there are so many diets which work for so many different people Yet, some groups of people or some individuals who are fairly prominent on social media really like to put down certain approaches. And I find that to be doing a disservice to the entire community and also to their viewers. Like a common one is really ragging on keto diets. Like a lot of people really take the piss out of keto diets. Now, if you're somebody who's just on the fringe of this space, the evidence-based community space, and you know, you're just a, a regular person, you don't have your head in the research books, but you follow your favorite influencers and one or two or three or four of them are consistently just ripping on keto. But it's probably going to put you off trying it. Now, even if they're, if they say they do it in a lighthearted way and they follow up with posts saying, yeah, you know, some people do better on keto. If every other post is a meme about keto, then you're probably going to have a fairly bad feeling towards, it, even if that just subconsciously is in your brain. But if you go, if you think about it, the number of dietary approaches that are out there, the rate of failure of people on dietary approaches, which work for a lot of people, it makes it a bit sort of, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth when people do that. Because you may find, you know, the vegan approaches for you. You may find the carnivore approaches for you. You may find the keto approaches for you. But then if you've got your favorite influencer who's consistently putting it down, making memes about it, making fun of it, with a small sort of disclaimer saying, yeah, no, it works for some people. I find that to be very distasteful. And I, I think it's, it, it, it does a disservice to their viewers, but at the same time, it also says quite a lot about their 
wanting to help people. I think if you if you have something like fat loss, which is hard for a lot of people, you have so many diets which work, we can't shut the door to the possibility of a diet working for somebody. I think when we do that, it, it's quite it's quite negative and it's quite it, it's just a very counterproductive thing to do because you might be that guy where keto diets work for you. And um, I think it's I, I discussed this with uh, Menno Henselman when he came onto my podcast for um, discussion about keto for contest prep. And we discussed there's a, that there's a huge bias against the keto diet in the evidence-based community. And we sort of discussed why that is. And the only possible sort of conclusion that we can come to is that what they're really pushing back against is keto done badly. But then you can also push back against a macro-based done badly macro-based uh, approach done badly or a calorie counting approach done badly because a lot of people do calorie counting approaches badly but they don't always rag on about that i mean a calorie counting approach done poorly would be trying to fit every food possible which is every junk food possible into your diet on a daily basis and then being hungry by the end of the day and eventually succumbing to a binge i mean we can make jokes about that as well but they don't tend to do that they tend to rag on their own particular subject which might be keto or might be veganism or carnivore or whatever it is i find that you know, to be really distasteful because a lot of these guys have a lot of influence on people. And a lot of you guys who listen to my podcast will be listening to the likes of whoever, you know, these guys on social media who consistently do this in a really poor way and they're consistently ripping on certain diets. But then again, you know, that might be your favorite influencer. But at the same time, they may be putting you off the very diet that could be the diet that works for you. I find that to be, I mean, can you imagine how much that would suck if like you, 10 years, you just followed this, this social media influencer and they were just taking the piss out of keto diets the entire time. And then at a certain point, you just gave up because you couldn't find something that worked. You decided to try keto and then wham, you're like, whoa, this really works. <laughs> imagine how that would feel. I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent in the gym would be, um, let's say you never deadlifted. Because everyone always told you, if you deadlift, you're going to break your back. You're going to break your back. You're going to break your back. You can't deadlift. You're going to break your back. And so you've been walking around with chronic back pain because you've never really trained your back. You're just scared to train it. And then one day, you're saying, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. Let me try some deadlifts. You start with the bar. You add a little bit of weight every week. Five pounds to the bar. Ten pounds to the bar. Two, two and a half kilos. Five kilos. And eventually you get up to the point where you're deadlifting 100 kilos and you're like, wow, my back feels great. Like, I feel really strong. <laughs> but imagine how black-pilled you've been then for the last 10 years where you've been walking around in chronic pain because everyone's told you, look, you don't want to deadlift. It's bad for your back. It's the same thing with these diets. And I think these people, these influencers who put down, who, who make their entire career out of putting down certain approaches, um, well, a large part of their social media are putting down certain approaches. I think they're doing people are disservice. I think there's a certain arrogance in that saying, okay, you don't want to do this because it's going to be bad for you. There's a certain arrogance in that, I think, just to, to take the piss. Anyway, in terms of what's been working for me, so I have what I call a, a my own way of eating. I've not tracked calories for about four years. Now, the way that I generally eat is I mostly stick to about three main food groups. So meat, which I eat a lot of, um, fish, Actually, not three main food groups. No, probably more than that. But meat, fish is a big part of my diet. I like a lot of stuff. Surf and turf. <laughs> Surf and turf's good. Also, veg and fruit. Basically, that's my lot, you know? And a little bit of dairy as well, like cheese. I, I quite like cheese. 
I like to have little snack packs of cheese and sliced meat, you know, like salami or um, pepperoni and stuff like that. But in general, that's what I eat. Um, nowadays, I just don't tend to eat rice or potatoes on a regular basis, you know, or anything like that. So I'm not low carb, but those are foods which, for me, they, they strike a good balance between appetite satiating versus appetite um, enhancing or, you know, encouraging. So th that's what works for me. So my protein intake on a daily basis tends to be around about two to 250 grams of protein, which is a lot for me. I only weigh about 180 right now. So it's a good amount of protein, which I find to be very satiating. On top of that, generally have a lot of vegetables and fruit. I don't always picture the veggies and fruit on my Instagram, but that's usually because I tend to, <laughs> you'll find, I don't know, this is kind of funny, but I, I tend to down the veggies while I'm cooking the meat. <laughs> I, eat, I eat probably a couple of times a day. So while my meat is cooking, I tend to microwave the veggies and I eat those. <laughs> so they don't always make it to the picture. So I tend to eat my veggies first, but I'll have about anywhere between, I don't know, 500 to a kilo worth of fruits and veggies per day. So I'm, I'm a big fan of those. I think they're very good for satiety, for health in general. I don't think we can play down the importance of fruits and vegetables. Whatever dietary approach there is, most of them tend to acknowledge that fruits and veggies tend to be a good idea. I think the whole thing with um, carnivore is it's probably the cessation of all the crap that they're finding benefit of rather than the um, the lack of fruits and vegetables themselves. But anyway, let's go back, back to me. So yeah, meat, fish is, a, is big for me. And then on top of that, fruits and veg and some select dairy. So that for me tends to work very well in, in controlling my appetite. It tends to offer a great balance between um, appetite suppression and then appetite sort of enhancing. So it, it tends to be a good balance for me. I can, I can eat like that and eat fairly effortlessly and maintain good weight. I know for me, if I need to get leaner, essentially I just chop out a lot of the fruits or I change the fruits for different types of fruits like berries, so mainly, um, which means I can just eat a higher volume uh, with less calories but I still eat to satiety. I think this is one of the reasons why my approach tends to be better than a calorie counting approach because with a calorie counting approach, you know, eating quote unquote flexibly, you're limited by your calories, you're not limited by your appetite. And I think that's quite dangerous long-term. One or two days, you can do it. Maybe one or two weeks, you can power through. But ultimately, manipulating food choices to lower your calories and still eat to satiety is a far better way of doing things rather than manipulating your calories and not limiting your food choices so that your appetite runs rampant. I don't think that's a great approach. You've got to strike that balance. Calories always still count, of course, you know, always, but um, manipulating your calories via your food choices tends to be a better option for me. So that's kind of the basis of my approach. I also still enjoy doing a lot of fasting. I still enjoy fasting. I'll usually try and fast about one day a week. Today, uh, this week, I fasted Monday did a 24-hour fast from uh, Sunday night to Monday night. That was good. Feels good. With that, I can pretty much, you know, maintain weight as with with ease, you know. Even without fasting, I can maintain weight very well. But if I want to lose weight, I'll implement some fasting. I also like to keep my hand in fasting just because I like the, to have the ability to fast. I think it's useful because it's useful for appetite control, hunger management. The analogy that I gave to um, a client recently was... Um, Appetite is kind of like managing your appetite is a little bit like managing an employee. <laughs> so whereas you, what you want to happen is you want your management of this employee to be effortless, right? You want it to be effortless. You don't want it to be consistent problems on a day-to-day -day basis. 
oftentimes with a poorly executed calorie counting approach, you have to manage your appetite on a daily, daily basis. <laughs> so it's like having a poorly laid out plan to manage your employee. You have to then manage them. You, know, you have to put them into a border box every single day. You've got to say, oh, no, do this, do that. You've got to manage them. You've got to be on their case the whole time. Same with if you misdo, if you, if you don't do your calorie counting approach particularly well and you have a lot of um, appetite enhancing sort of um, foods and a lack of appetite suppression, You've got to really be on your appetite mentally you've got to think about your appetite all day you mentally you've got to be hungry like i think it's important to ensure you set up your dietary approach so you're not hungry all day and that's the analogy that i like to use so for me a diet which is mostly comprised of meats fish fruits and veg with some fasting enables me never to have to think about my appetite like right now i don't really go hungry and it's not because well, partly it's because I'm eating high satiety foods, but also partly it's because I manage my appetite on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's not a problem. I'm My appetite is now like that perfect employee who just sits in his corner, does his job and smiles at everyone in the office. <laughs> that's my appetite. That's kind of where you want your appetite to be. Where I think for most people when they're dieting or they're just trying to maintain weight, their appetite is like an unruly junior clerk <laughs> who they consistently have to remind of their job like you can just have to remind you say no to your appetite i think that's a bad bad way to go so yes the appetite analogy of the of the employee analogy now finally with regards to flexibilities i think that's something that has to be addressed the one thing i dislike about the calorie counting approach is it's flexibility it's not actually true flexibility so people will say you've, you're you're allowed to have a flexible approach in calorie counting just make it fit your macros make it fit your calories but that's not being flexible. Like for a lot of people, a large pizza is not going to fit their calories, not going to fit their macros. Okay. It's just not. You know, if you're a small female, if you're a sedentary guy, having a large pizza is not going to fit into your macros or calories, no matter which way you slice it, right? No matter how many pizza and protein shakes you do over the course of the day, it's not going to fit. And if you somehow manage to eke it out, and make it fit. Let's say you're a larger guy, you have a high activity, you know, you're a PT, you're on your feet all day, you're naturally large and muscular, you're going to be hungry. So it, there's no flexibility. It's kind of like saying, hey, yeah, great. It's kind of you're a prisoner. You're in a prison yard. You've got all the flexibility in the world. You got all the freedom in the world. Just don't go outside the grounds or you're going to be shot. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's like. That's what it's like saying. It's not, it's not flexibility to say that. Yeah, you got flexibility. Just stay within the calorie limits like that's not flexibility and i ultimately think that's where a lot of these guys end up just going off on binges and i see that and i saw that i think last year or the year before one of the um one of the quote-unquote coaches around here um he decided to do a contest prep um and he decided to hire somebody who hadn't done a contest prep before and they were both swimming along with their you know being flexible eating pizza every day on a contest prep and putting it all on instagram and what happened well, he got super hungry by the end and he just binged daily leading up to the competition and then binged afterwards. He's regained all the weight and more and looks worse now than he did at the start of his prep. And like, I'm sat back thinking, well, I saw this coming a mile ago, a mile away. It's obvious, you know, but he did all that just for social media clout. But it's clearly, it was a good case study in showing just how poorly flexibility is understood with coaches, not just regular people. So I'll just state that for, for everyone listening because I think it's an important point. Flexibility is not the ability to just abuse your calories and macros 
because you'll get hungry. The way that I approach flexibility is every now and again, when you want to, you'll go off plan. And when you go off plan, don't count anything, don't feel guilty about it, just do it, get it out of your system, and then get back to eating the way that you want to. That's true guilt-free flexibility. That's what flexibility is. That's like saying, okay, you know what? And let's go, let's go back to the prison analogy. It's like saying, yeah, you're on day release. Do what you like for the day, come back. You know, <laughs> Bad analogy, because in this analogy, prison is your diet, but you, you know what I'm saying, right? So I like the idea of just saying to someone, look, if you want to be flexible, go for it. Do it on a special occasion, do it when you want to. But this idea, which is promoted, that flexibility is just every single day feeding pizza with your macros is just stupid. It doesn't have to be. And it, it, it's actually very counterproductive to say fit it into your macros because it's not flexibility. You're going to agonize over fitting a pizza into your macros. Then you're going to get hungry. You're not going to have any calories left. You're going to want to eat more. You're going to want to binge. And more often than not, that's what people do. They'll start eating you know, some off-plan stuff. And then before they know it, they've gone over their calories because they get hungry and they don't like being hungry. It's a very, very short-sighted approach. I would rather just say to someone, if you want to take some time off, go for it, take a meal off and get back to your plan the day after. That's more realistic for life. The people who make the calorie counting approach work tend to be your PTs who have got all day to agonize about their calories, to work out their calories. They're young. They're like, you know, early 20s, normally very emotionally driven. They've just, everything's like, ah, like high energy. And you realize once you get, you know, past about 25, past about 30, life slows down a lot. Your, your brain slows down. It's, it's a lot of, you, you look back and you, you see how much mental energy you are giving on a day-to-day -day basis to, to just my fitness pile and counting calories and it's just a mess so yeah i don't think that approach is is great i think true flexibility is your ability to just go off your plan when you like you know which more often than not is is and should not be on a random tuesday afternoon because you know karen bought in cakes because it was her goddaughter's birthday or some bullshit like that you know it's just stay on your plan for the most part and when it truly means something to you like let's say it's your kid's birthday party let's say it's your mum's birthday party you know let's say it's your anniversary then go for it go enjoy yourself fine it's your birthday so when it comes around once a year enjoy yourself but this is where it's not as black and white black and white as a calorie counting approach but then your life isn't black and white people aren't black and white you know people are living breathing human beings so there there needs to be a sense of judgment there and judgment is going to be influenced by your emotion so that's why i always like to give a bit of um, initiative to the client when it comes to uh, flexibility and that's what i say to you guys as well flexibility true flexibility is not being able to stuff pizza into your macros true flexibility is just go off your plan for a meal but also have the discipline to get back on your plan when you need to that's what works for me in general that's my diet and dieting in that way I just, I wish I'd done it 20 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, I, I, I was still involved in calorie counting. It was before my fitness pal. I've told the story many times. I was calorie counting on my calendar, <laughs> on my bedroom wall. You know, I would put, I, there was a little calendar with little boxes for every day and I would put my calories in there way before my fitness pal was a thing. And, um, yeah, I never really got into the whole meal planning thing until a lot later in life, but ultimately now, now I, I don't do a lot of meal planning. I just mostly eat a couple of times a day i eat a lot of protein i eat a lot of fruits and veggies and every now and again when i want to i go off plan and that as simple as it sounds that works and you know what guys it works for a lot of my clients as well so as you guys know i am a coach um, large part of what i do is coaching 
it's my bread and butter. Um, you guys know me from perhaps YouTube, uh, podcasting, stuff like that. But that's my bread and butter. It's what I do. It's what I help people with. And um, if you want to work with me, or at least if you want to have some accountability for a few months, you know, just say, okay, let's just find out what this approach is about. Maybe you've, maybe that's been you over the years. You've been like, okay, I've done the calorie counting approach. I've tried some other approaches. I'm not really sure. You know, nothing's really stuck. Maybe it's time to find something or try something else that, that can stick with you. I personally feel this is a great system. It's what I've been doing for years now. And uh, it'd be nice for me to help tailor the system to you. Because it's not always going to be the same for everyone. But um, love to to get some inquiries. Feel free to, free to inquire. You can check me out on my website. There's a contact form, fazlifts.com. Drop me a DM on Instagram if you like. You can... Uh, you know, throw me an email, faz at fazlifts.co.uk. Um, but just get in contact somehow, you know, and um, let's talk. I can offer you a, a decent package and we can we can go from there. All right, folks, hopefully you found that interesting and uh, have, a, have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.